Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast, the show where we pitch the best movies that will never get made. I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Matt Turner. This is the podcast where we ask you, the listener, to give us a title of a movie that doesn't exist. Yet. We then collaborate to create a pitch for that movie, complete with casting, story beats, and sometimes even marketing. Without further ado, this week's main feature is... The Ballad of Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) The Ballad of Stretch Armstrong. I love it. I haven't seen one of those toys for 20 years. In fact, I'm not even sure I saw one when I was a child because we really wanted one and couldn't afford one. Mm. I'm not certain I ever saw one in real life. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like toy of the year, wasn't it? It was like the Christmas toy for. It was the it was the thing everyone wanted for a- absolute sure, and I remember because yeah. I, I didn't see one until maybe like six or seven years after they <laughs> completely disappear from everyone's memory. But that the ballad of Stretch Armstrong, the 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 story of of uh, presumably if it's a ballad, it might have a. A sad connotation to it, but yeah, um, I guess I'm trying to think what what is called the Ballad of, and it, Buster Scruggs is a film that's a Ballad of, isn't it? Yeah. Which is like a load of Wild West shorts, but I haven't yeah. seen it. So I guess we have to do that. I guess we have to do like a load of short <laughs> stories about what about what life is like in the stretchy world, or or the I suppose the world where it isn't stretchy and this one guy is stretchy. But as far as I know, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs isn't about one guy's multiple adventures. I think it's about different people living in the West. So what we want to tell is stories about like the everyday life of people who live in a world where one man is stretchy. <laughs> Well, to provide us that creative direction on this the Toys and Games spin-off uh, movie episode, uh, we have CEO of the Life to Pitch podcast, Dave Bulmer. Back <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Welcome right. Back. That's right. I haven't introduced myself yet. And also, that isn't the one we're doing first, so I don't need to launch into ideas. Hello, yeah. I'm no, Dave. Um, I'm back. Well, I was trying a different, because I'm the CEO, I was trying a different direction there, but I've, <laughs> uh, but the board has vetoed it. Uh, <laughs> By, by reminding me of what's going on. Hello, uh, I'm Dave, unaware of what's going on, Bulmer. <laughs> yes, well, the ballad of Stretch Armstrong was given to us by all the webs of stage on Twitter. You can find us at Life's a Pitch Show there and facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast if you want to give us titles. Uh, we're now just going to do the honourable mentions where we go through a few more titles people have given to us on those platforms and just pitch what those would be as well before uh, moving on to uh, the Ballad of Stretch Armstrong. So, from a collaboration between Captain Eden, the Queer Buccaneer, and Ross underscore Originals, we've got Connect Four, The Elements. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, it, did they collaborate deliberately or did they accidentally collaborate with each other? Well, it, it's quite a funny collaboration, this one, because Captain Eden put Connect Four, The uh, and then and then, and then just stopped and Ross, went away? What happened? Ross called them out on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Saying, can I for the what, though? And then the. Eden replied with, yes. Connect for the yes? Connect for the, my plan was to fill this in later, but I forgot and now I'm styling it out. Fair enough. <laughs> I was struggling to think of a good Connect for title too, though now I think about it, Connect for the elements would have worked. Oh, that's good. Hey, Tom, use this one. So now I am <laughs> Captain Eden. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you thank you. Tell me again. Connect Ross for the what? Elements. 
Connect for the, the elements. elements, yeah. Right. I'm glad this came up, because that was the one that I was thinking of as well. We've got to do a Connect for one if we're doing toy and game tie-ins. Yes. Yeah. I did not think of the elements. Yeah, I think if you're going to if you're gonna have if you're gonna ascribe significance to getting four things in a row, yeah. then it should be that you need to align the four elements. Well, that's right. The only trouble is that that is the opposite of what Connect Four is, which is that you have to get four of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the same colour of thing, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Could we could we think of it as a sort of uh, a way of aligning your own power? Like Ooh. your own, you're your sort of like, you know, it, it's kind of like things get, uh, elements get chaotic when they're all over the place. But if mm. you can get four in a row, all four of the elements in a row yeah. of your own, of your own kind of piece, <laughs> right. then you, you are fully aligned and you have reached a kind of oh, so eudaimonic this... state of, of flourishing. Oh, wait then. So is this the Connect Four board equivalent in the game, is like, in the film, is like how they're visualizing essentially letting um, energy flow through their chakras or whatever. What we're going to do is... What we're going to do is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bullshitty appropriation of literally everything we can think of. Because the immediate thing that sprung to mind was Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. assuming everyone listening is, is yeah. screaming at it's the... Do, do an avatar. <laughs> do, do an Do, do an, an avatar. avatar. <laughs> you were playing Connect Four, and then the Fire Nation attack. Do that one. <laughs> can, can you imagine though, if like if, if it worked like Avatar? So uh, everyone's been playing with one color of disc in Connect Four, <laughs> and then someone turns up who has four separate. They're, they're going like, oh, this is this <laughs> easy. This game. <laughs> they've just been clocking them in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wouldn't it be down? harder if you just had a random assortment of colours and you just had yeah. to plunk them in? You're like, you know, everyone's playing with either a red, oh, with yeah. red, red coins or, or or yellow coins, and you've got like blue, green, pink, purple. Like, I mean, just, listen, you can't it's get good that you It's good that you're cutting to the heart of what a game is this early in the podcast. Um, it would, it would definitely be much harder and more complicated <laughs> if there were no rules and nobody did what you're supposed <laughs> to do in the game. Yeah. A four-way, yes. a four-way Connect Four game in which, at the end, you've got your own twister board. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that you, you can. I think that there is room for a, a, a hardcore higher level of Connect Four where there are four different colours now. So, yeah. like, that's that is some higher level Connect Four, and maybe that's the twist in the film is that you know you start with people connecting four of two different colours, but then in come more teams there's a purple team there's a yellow team there's a green team i don't know there's a yin yang team they're the really cool ones they've got extra they've, they can do something extra there's there's ones with uh, very very short animation loops of eyeballs that go around whoa it's like, yeah, whoa. It's like it's like early flash games yeah um, <laughs> or, or indeed pogs where it had the holographic, yeah. uh, uh, very slight, you know, small amount of movement on it. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking of, is that we're, play we're now playing Connect Four with Pogs. Flicker sticker <laughs> Connect Fours. But the question, yeah, the, the question, though, is still not answered. No. Yeah. Elements, connecting them. What? Cool. <laughs> but that doesn't adhere to the rules of, of Connect Four. No. No, I think we're going to have to abandon this. I don't think it can be done. The whole thing about elements is uniting the four elements, whereas what we need to do is, un is 
dispel the four elements and you and make make sure that they stay in their own lane. If you mix them all up, you've got chaos. If if you if you've got four in a row, that's order. Problem is though, how do we translate? I think it should be that in the film, tokens are put in a thing. Like that, we need yeah. to have a reason why that is visualized. Well, let's let, let's put it this way, okay? So like, yeah. um, there are four elements, sure, but usually people only. Um, you know, usually people... These are like magic racks, right? They sort of like... The way that people do <laughs> magic, magic in this world... Rack is magic. Le rack magique. The way that people do magic in this world, and it, and it can create all sorts of things, is by... It's like Minecraft. You put different elements into a, right. into a configuration of this rack, uh-huh. and then you sort of like channel power through it and it creates you know a, a, a right, fortress yeah. rises out of the ground right whatever the, whatever the thing there. is based on the pattern you put into it exactly that, yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay but wait, wait. Then- so 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 then thousands of years ago this was created this this yeah. machine and it was just a, a machine and it was like they had they would have had a big catalog where they flip through it and they're like okay so we want to make this we put this sequence of things in that was a long time ago. The 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 manual is lost now. Um, yeah. So it's all about like, uh, you know, oral tradition. It's all about the received wisdom. We know what patterns make what things, but it's very there's an orthodoxy around it now. You're only supposed to put these patterns in, and mm. no one is allowed to try any other patterns because we don't know what'll happen. We don't know what'll be made. It's there's a danger there that something either we can't control will be made or whatever. But then someone comes along who's like, I'm going to try some new patterns. Maybe some of the fundamentals were remembered. So, like, it's like now a kind of, like, post-industrial era. So people are, like, driving around in, in, in like, cars or tanks and things. And they, you open the engine, and it's just this very this sealed rack yeah. of all these little tokens oh. in a very set configuration yeah. that's, powering the, that's powering the vehicle. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and, and, and we, we will focus on one kid who is just a little bit experimental and they, like, they, like pull out the engine of this, this machine, this washing machine, and then they flip two of the things around, the little, two of the little tokens around, carefully with tweezers because they're, like, hot because they've been on... Uh, oh, they, yeah. You know, because this, this tumble dryer gets hot when it's, um, uh, when it's uh, been on. Um, and uh, they they flip these two round, and suddenly the tumble dryer is like firing water out of it, and they're pulling a prank. Um, and it's because <laughs> they've swapped the air out for a water or something. <laughs> it's the last day of school, and this and they've just swapped around the tumble dryer to to work as a as a giant water jet. And everyone's soaked, and everyone's angry, and that sort of thing. And then presumably something evil happens, and uh, they have to use the, the power of the the, oh, the rack. Well, to... like the master rack explodes because because something was being used that wasn't like something was me- uh, the chaos was meddled with, essentially. Ooh. So that the master rack with with all four elements all ro- all lined up quite neatly, which all the other racks work off of. That explodes. And, this would be uh, such a good anime. Yeah. Yeah. Because because I'm I'm think, thinking like first episode you have this prank, then yeah, the, you the, the master rack explodes and people think it's because this kid has 
been messing with brand new formulas. Yeah. Mm. And so the kid gets in trouble, big trouble, gets taken to the palace or whatever, <laughs> at which point they start to find out that actually maybe this, the, the advisor of the emperor or whatever is... Um, uh, <laughs> the Jafar is, is actually, the situation. Is actually the reason that the master rack has exploded and not their thing. And they mm. sort of go into a kind of, I don't know, either an underground... Uh, movement or a um, or that or a school where they have to learn about it all one of the two but it would just make a good anime but, is what I'm trying to say yeah. but think about it like without that master rack there's no technology there's no power nothing it's like if all the power stations just went out yeah. uh, like a like a solar flare or something like that just destroyed oh, all man. the power infrastructure and that everything is a so poorly built society yeah ex- exactly I mean... The glass houses, Matt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, then what, though? I feel, I feel like we've written ourselves into a corner because, like, yeah, actually, the thing that we've just spent ages setting up, that everything in society is based on these racks, we've just switched that off, and now it's just normal people who don't have the racks, and they're just having to survive normally. <laughs> gotta, gotta get the tokens, aren't they, to, to rebuild the rack. Get, they? get society back up and <laughs> I running. Think, I think, yeah, there's a, there is, at that point there is a competition to see who can remember the way that the, the rack is held together best. Right, yeah. Like, mm. So they're, they're now like... And it comes like a political almost game where they're like, okay, I'm going to put one in here. And suddenly the rules of the universe have changed because mm. the master rack has been realigned oh, oh, oh. in a different so way. The rack, I, uh, so the rack and the machine that powers it and all of that, that that's fine. It's just the tokens have shot out and they yeah. have to figure out what order. Oh, I, th- I, thought you meant it was, I thought you meant it was gone. I thought you meant that's yeah. it for now, oh, forever. Right. Like they can't do any of that anymore. <laughs> and we've just, no, no, spent, no. we've just spent the first like 20 minutes of the film setting up. Here's what the technology is in this film. And then it breaks. <laughs> It's just yeah, whatever. Forget all of that. And then, and then the rest of it is a kitchen sink drama of yeah. someone living in a rural, yes, in a rural town with no technology. That's what I thought yeah. you were putting down. Yeah. <laughs> Except they've got coasters to put their cups on because there's these tokens everywhere. Both movies are good. <laughs> hey, there you go. So that's 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 connect for the elements. Yes. The elements of a good movie were in there, uh, but <laughs> we didn't quite manage to sew it together. <laughs> didn't quite manage elements. to connect them, you might say. <laughs> yes. So thank you, uh, Captain Eden and Ross underscore originals for that one. So from Tilly Glass, we've got Sylvanian families and the deforestation crisis. Oh, wow. Oh, Do you wow, remember the yeah. Sylvanian families? Yeah, yeah, dude. They were like yeah, little, little rodents with like the the fur that makes well, your hair stand on well, edge when you brush it. <laughs> they weren't rodents. They were any animals. They were various really? animals. Yeah. Well, they were yeah. like any woodland creature. There was pandas. There was really. Yeah, I think there was even frogs. Wow. But yeah, they uh, had that's, these. That's opened up a whole new world for this movie. Then what I thought Sylvanian families were when I was a kid was very well made little toy animals that you can get. Very, very well made. Usually sold in family packs. So you've got mummy, daddy, and child Sylvanian families. And they come with you know various clothes you can put on them. And then you can get sets. We had... Uh, in fact, I think both... like I think me and my brother and I think my wife, Abby, separately had the same set, which was a bakery. And uh, they all worked at the bakery and there was little croissants that you hung up on little pegs on the wall. Oh, oh, lovely. And uh, little tiny plastic ones. Uh, but what I've since learned that they are is that they were like for collectors more than anything else. Like you, you did sell them to children, but they were kind of collectors piece type toys. So it was like mm. 
and that, and now I remember the advert did go Sylvanian Family Collector. So yeah, I guess there's an mm. adult collection aspect to it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Well, I guess because they weren't cuddly or anything. They no, were, like, they weren't. No. Hard and like yeah, they but... were fuzzy, but like only on the outside. Yeah, yeah. No, you couldn't you couldn't cuddle them. But that also, I don't know what it's like now, but that was common for toys for kids as well. So it was like that just seemed normal to us, and we just thought yeah. they were very well-made toys but they were definitely for children because we had a teddy ruxpin of one as well we had a rabbit teddy ruxpin of one that would it had a little animatronic mouth it would move as it told you stories it would twitch its ears that's brilliant that well ah. ah. we'll tell um, you the story of the deforestation crisis well this is uh, the thing of course they're sylvanian families sylvan yeah, exactly. being uh, inside a forest yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna ask where sylvania was yeah um, no it, it just means forest that's what transylvania means it means across the forest or ah. something like that. Sylvania, a, yeah. a, a place defined by being at the centre of the forest, is struggling with a deforestation crisis. Where yeah. does that come from? Because who else is out there? Nope. Right? Like, no, 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 we... you think, you're thinking about it wrong. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It's the Sylvanian families that are doing it. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the gentrification of the forest, right? They've been <clears throat> knocking it down to make flipping bakeries and little barges and things <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. whatever else you get in Sylvanian family. They've been building in what should be a natural resource that should be the forest. Yeah. And they've yeah. discovered that by building all these sweet little twee, you know, tree houses and stuff, they're actually reducing the, you know, the carbon dioxide in the world and they've caused climate change. That's what it is, a climate change analogy where these little... Mm. Actually, wait a minute, this is actually not implausible as a Sylvanian families video they might release. The Sylvanian families have discovered that they're doing too much to the forest. There's, yeah. a, there's a little Sylvanian families developer man. There's a little... Uh, what would be a word a bit like Donald or Trump, but would also sound a bit like a word for a squirrel or something? Uh, oh. Squirrel... Not really. Uh, trunk is a good start. Trunk, a yeah. Living in a, in a trunk. Ronald so Trunk. So is there, let, let's just find out, are there elephant Sylvanian families? Hang on. <laughs> Sylvanian <laughs> families, elephant. Yes, there are. We are on hey. solid ground. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. Oh, there are, and they are very sweet. Oh. Oh, no, oh, no you've got to see them. Hang on. I'm going to send you the link. Wait a minute. <laughs> Listeners, you've got to see them. Put them oh. in the whiteboard. No, look, look at that. Click that. It's, a, it's one of them long URLs, but click it. Oh, look at them. Oh, <laughs> look at their, their little noses. So they are responsible for deforestation, <laughs> okay. including okay, the little listeners. baby one with his little doubly trunk. You're going to have to take our word for it. That is very discordant. Um, <laughs> the, the, the baby one, the baby one's not necessarily responsible. But you can just tell. Yeah, no, yeah. When it, it, when it, he grows, you can tell grow when he grows up. They're going to put him at the head of the organization. He's just going to keep doing the same things. Except uh, yeah. they're going to, except they're going to push him as like, oh, he's not like his dad, but he is. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. You can tell. Look at his wife there. Everyone reckons she's him, not as culpable, but she is. We'll call him Byron Trunk or something. <laughs> What's his wife called? Melanie Trunk. <laughs> Melanie Trunk. Melanie Trunk. <laughs> Melanie the elephant. Mel- <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so we've got a kind of weird the raccoon situation going on. We have on. a bit, actually, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, hang on. 
Is this just the raccoons? It's just the plot of the raccoons, isn't it? Because I don't remember. Snare's always trying to. I, take I remember down the, the characters in the raccoons. I can't remember if what they were doing was deforestation or not. Uh, right, but even if it is the raccoons, the raccoons is not well enough viewed that we shouldn't. Make so we this can thing. just rip it off. Okay, so yeah. so intro then. <laughs> da, 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 da. The Sylvanian Forest. Da, 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 da. Quiet, peaceful, serene. That is until <laughs> who's our protagonist? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I think we I think we're leaning too heavily on this Donald Trump character because it yeah. should be that it's because it's a shared culpability. Climate change. Uh. You can't just blame one guy. You're right. That's that's because when they start trying to stop the the deforestation, Dave, what do they find? But people start disappearing. No, go on. Bloody hell! They go out into the deepest parts of the woods to try and, or even not the deepest parts of the woods, the parts they haven't been to before, the the outsides of the woods, and they start looking and they start trying to find these people where they've disappeared off to. Yeah, what do they find? But the Sylvanian family's collector. (laughs) (laughs) Sylvanian family collector. That's what. Whenever they came on, come on screen it plays that yeah so <laughs> and it's got a bit all of... the plastic that they're made from is the is the actual deforestation crisis Ooh. all that all that sort of <laughs> all the stuff that the that the that the toys are made out of that uh, is just becoming more and more and more they discover that they are mass produced oh oh okay God, weird that's... That's <laughs> okay then. So, and, and I'm I'm annoyed that I've even brought up this deforestation thing because I feel as if I've led us into a situation where we feel obliged to make an actual like story of the point. So, how about it starts off looking like it's going to be a story about deforestation and that these people have to like take on the collective responsibility for all the <laughs> development they've done, but then it just goes off on one about this collector who's taking yeah. their skins and recycling them to make. Coke the collector's the- not real, says, just- says the Trump <laughs> character. He's smoking a what? giant cigar. This elephant. No, I- he's smoking he's just got it. He's got a giant cigar <laughs> stuck in the end of his Trump, nose. Yeah. yeah. I think the two fit together just so fine. We think it's Donald Trump that is like the problem, yeah. and that is a, like a little microcosm. And then when they discover the Sylvanian family's collector, they discover that they themselves are made out of plastic like right. they themselves are made out of things that destroy oh, I see. the world yeah so like they're very they're very production and manufacturing they see versions right. of themselves across the room when they mm. leave the forest they see boxes of themselves oh they see that they see the versions that haven't been uh, covered in the the, the flock stuff yet yeah, or flax yeah. stuff or whatever sure, it's yeah 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 they're walking around um, like all plastic and hard to move and stuff like it's all stop motion very much like you know like like buzz sort of like ones that aren't out of their box yet and haven't been put in a display where they've come to settle in their houses and stuff yeah. mm. so they they're just they they see themselves as these products that the, these these plastic things that this collector is looming over and and buying more and more of and producing more and more of. I don't know how you end this because it's kind of cosmic horror. It's it's got a kind of it, it does the genre switch very well, much like uh, the film Predator, because that starts off like an action film. You think you're going in to watch Schwarzenegger shoot up a bunch of uh, a bunch of bad guys, and then and then it quickly turns into a pick em off one by one slasher movie and i think that's <laughs> it, we go into the sylvanian family's film 
thinking it's going to be like a climate message, but what mm. it's really about is just it's just the 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 complete cosmic horror of it all. Right, and, and in the end, how it's all borne out is they have to destroy the entire forest. That's that's yeah. what they have yeah. to do. Because they realise that also the entire forest is also made of plastic. And Whoa, plastic. yeah, actually, yeah, because all of the... <laughs> so, like, for example, uh, this product that I'm about to send a link to, uh, the Sylvanian Family's Adventure Treehouse, that's what their forest is. It's loads of yeah. stuff yeah. like that, but that's all yeah. plastic. Yeah. So at the end, in order to save save the forest, they've got to burn down the plastic forest. And it's... at the end, we see all these families just sort of melting, and like their faces are yep. just going like, like, oh. It's a real roll of the dice because, by their very nature, they don't actually know if there is an outside world. Like they don't, they can't perceive our world because they're in the fictional world of Sylvanian mm. families. And they can only see each other. Like, they can't see the people playing with them. So they're like, they have to just assume, they have to believe that by destroying themselves, they will save the quote-unquote real world that they have. It's only hypothetical to them. Their scientists have hypothesized that this must exist, but they don't know. It's like if we destroyed <laughs> our planet to save the multiverse. There's no yeah. way of knowing it's real. <laughs> I, I think I think one, one of the little Sylvanian things walks out and sees something about climate change on the news in this factory like yeah. they've got the news up like the, the actual yeah. people have got the news up and then and then slowly it all just devolves into chaos and and like the the houses all melt and down and all the families going ah I, I think Gulliver's travels the collector down into the into the forest no i don't think so, they could i don't think they can even perceive the collector or the factory yeah. i think what it is is you know how like in the lego movie there are clues that there is yeah. a child playing with them or that they're in a collection. And it is stuff like the big... Uh, uh, the pen lid and things like that, whatever it was, mm -hmm. or the glue lid, whatever it was. It's like that. They're interpreting the signs that intrude on their reality that they are from in this factory. And that they, <laughs> and they've just... They, a they newspaper have to be, falls Yeah, just down. a bit of one. Or, or uh, like a, a barcode from the back of a bit of their packaging. Just now and then. They notice the copyright symbol round the back of the bakery, stuff like that, <laughs> and like, or they're digging under something and they find out the foundations of their home has a you know, made by Tommy, uh, yeah, stamped yeah, made onto in China it, or something, yeah, yeah, and they and they just figure out the outside world and they sacrifice their entire nation for it, <laughs> <laughs> only for only for the last surviving one to walk out and find the factories in a giant forest, falls to his knees. <laughs> Like you idiots! You blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're melting Damn it down. You all to hell. So well, I, this is kind of a little bit like Happy Feet, where <laughs> essentially we spend ninety nine percent of the movie considering uh, a societal change in penguin society, <laughs> right? And then five, not even five, like one percent of the movie. Is then is, resolves the rest of the movie by having people going. We need to change the way we start fishing in the Arctic Oceans. This is all it's like in the UN, and we just have humans who are all talking to each other. We're going to do the same thing, where it's like um, we have all this like massive societal change in the Sylvanian families, sort of like <laughs> in, in Sylvania, and then 
will just cut out to like a news report where they're saying a, a secret factory within uh, the forests, just just the forests, yeah. burned down today uh, as uh, as they were illegally causes. making copies of yeah. the Sylvanian Farmers oh, yeah. brand. It comes to the board at Tomy, and they're like, okay, so the 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 thing that we really want to bring up today. Uh, the uh, the stocks are going well. Um, you know we're all right for in terms of like the current money that we're making and everything. We're, that's all fine. We've a problem, which is that all the Sylvanian families have gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> for some reason, with all production of Sylvanian families, we went into the warehouse and it's all just melted down. And also, <laughs> we're getting reports from all around the world that there's no more Sylvanian families in people's houses either. Like, what? <laughs> And everyone's just found, like, people... There's been a lot of property damage because there's been a lot of fires. It seems like all the Sylvanian families were spontaneously set on fire and melted themselves down. So we've got some lawsuits coming, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and just, Nothing we can't handle. Nothing we can't handle. No, we're fine. We're an but... incredibly big corporation. It's fine. But it's if really we weird that legal, we... If, if we didn't want... If we didn't like, want legal repercussions, we would never have, would have made the Sylvanian families. <laughs> we should have. You know, I, uh, there's someone at the back. I told you all we shouldn't have made them sentient. <laughs> we shouldn't have put those military chips in them. <laughs> there you go. That's the, end of, that's the end of the Sylvanian family. <laughs> yep. That's the end of the Sylvanian family. I, I tell you what this is like. This is like if at the end of Toy Story 3, they just went into the incinerator. Yeah. And yeah. it was good. And that was a good thing. And you were like, yeah, yeah. good. I'm glad they did. Yeah. And then you stepped out of the cinema and within like 10 years, climate change reverses. <laughs> because, because Woody and Buzz died. Yeah. So those were all our honourable mentions. Thank you to everyone who's given us titles this week. Uh, remember to go to our social media, that is facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show to give us your titles uh, any time of the week, although uh, we do ask for specific genres on, on Fridays. People think of good titles. Don't usually pay. Well, m- many of them don't bother paying attention to the genre. Uh, yeah. and, and that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take them anyway. <laughs> so... We now move on to our final major pitch, which is from all the webs of stage, and that is The Ballad of Stretch Armstrong. Oh boy, okay, okay. So... It's the opening line of the movie, that. Oh boy, okay, okay. My... Here we go. <laughs> My one memory of Stretch Armstrong is mm. I think that they degraded over time. The Stretch sort of I thought of you were going to say, I think they degraded him. Like, at first, it was very respectful of the stretching man. But as time went on, his speedos got smaller. Look at this. Look at this hunky, hunky, sexy piece of meat. His arms go real wide. <laughs> yeah, they probably did, didn't they? It's the, the, whatever the goo was inside will have maybe toughened up a little bit. Over sort time, of discorporated yeah. and you end up with a lot of armless stretch armstrongs. Yeah. I have a vague sense that actually I did meet at least one kid who had a stretch armstrong but by the time i met them it had got a puncture and it all just oozes out and then that's the end of that and that happens very easily right imagine that stretch armstrong is a real person you are stretch armstrong is kind of based on 
um, a part superhero, part professional wrestler, like Hulk mm. Hogan, you know? Mm-hmm. Sort of a, a sort of a very macho He-Man character that is has the superpowers to stretch, the, stretch his arms super wide, but also has that almost like macho, uh, kind of 90s macho, like, ha, here I am, I'm going to punch things, i got my arms, I'm going to save the world by by pulling two things together. Um, so who are we uh, casting as, uh, as Stretch Armstrong? Then. That's that's well, the main thing. Though this is the the, the the context here is the important thing, right? Because I think this the ballad of Stretch Armstrong should be after his time has come and gone. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. So, so it's an elderly Stretch Armstrong. He's lost some of his stretch, and he's looking back on the times when he could stretch. I've yes. got a casting decision, and I don't think we've ever cast him in anything. Oh. Okay. On the show, okay, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really yeah because yeah, he did he did the wrestler right. Yeah. yeah, I think less so that he is looking back per se, mm-hmm. but more so that he is washed up and his body is starting to fail him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, he Mickey is Rourke like looks stretchy. Looks like he was <laughs> stretchy in the past, but now it's it's kind of just like letting it all. And flab. You, you know how bodybuilders' bodies start to do this because they've like take d- done a lot of like steroids, oftentimes, and mm. their bodies start to get these like weird sort of like the muscles don't seem right. They start to sort of weirdly deflate. <laughs> that can also we can we can make that be the the kind of metaphor here is that like you know his body's betraying him because of he did so, too much stretching in his youth and yeah. now like. His arms are sort of like Mr. Tickle floppying out. As the as the the more the film goes along, he's getting longer and longer noodly arms that are just trailing <laughs> along behind him. So did, did you mention uh, that he's like a an old time superhero, but now, it, kind of like if Mr. Fantastic uh, just start to sort of lose his elasticity and just become floppy. In his sort old of, age. yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think we want to play too much into because I don't think he was as such a superhero. No, he was kind of a cross between that kind of Hulk Hogan figure and a, mm. and a hero. Well, the um, thing is, just because he has this superhuman ability to stretch, that doesn't necessarily mean that he will then upend his life and go. Oh well, in that case, I'd better be a superhero then. He might. Mm. He might just be. It might be an affliction to him. He might just be like, "Well, I'm just yeah, I'm really stretchy." It might be something he's annoyed at the fact that people think it's a good thing about him. It's like, no, I, it's, it makes life difficult. I'm always like, my if my finger catches on something, I can be halfway down the <laughs> corridor before I notice. <laughs> you like, you know, when you catch your scarf in an elevator door yeah. or something like that. It's like that yeah. but with yeah, my but, hand. Like but in, in this in his case, because he's he's got strong arms as well as stretchy ones. He's pulling the elevator with him. Like the doors have buckled outwards, yeah, because he's walked, he's walked away halfway down, and then instead of him being pulled back towards it, he's gone and just pulled the doors out, and everyone's angry at him. You know, we can we can use that as a sort of framing device for like the excess of fame. You know, on the one hand, he's yeah. being lauded for like you know uh, saving a um, saving a, a, a big bu- a bus from going off a bridge, uh-huh. right? <laughs> 
<laughs> and on the other hand, he can't keep the same apartment for more than a few, uh, you know, a couple of months because mm. they have, things keep going wrong with yeah. the apartment. And, and this uh, is why he keeps catching his hands in it. One of the reasons why he doesn't work as a superhero, despite, you know, as in he doesn't do work as a superhero, is because... Um, He's a lot of the stuff he would do wouldn't be very good. So saving that bus, for example, right? It's yeah. you know like Spider-Man <laughs> scenario. There he is on a big bridge, and a bus goes over it. He reaches out and catches it, and he's strong enough that it won't break his arm, but mm. stretchy enough that it won't stop the bus going in the water. His, <laughs> his arm just elongates until the bus is in the water, but he keeps a tight hold of it. And uh, there's various scenarios like that where he wants to help, but unfortunately, he's stretchy. Well, well, I, I, the thing is, though, Dave, I think you might be you might be sort of underplaying the Armstrong element of Stretch Armstrong. Uh-huh. I think the point was that he was able to he should not the toy, but the character he could was able, would be arm. able to yeah mm. unstretch mm. his arm as well. Right. Um, like I feel like you know there should be an aspect of fame to this. You know, there should be an aspect of like. This is not just infamy he has, but right. also he's lived a life that is uh, of of excess and attention, and uh, you know he's he's been a celebrity and, and yeah. gotten the benefits that that brings. What if there but was a time? He's... What if there was a time where it was like that time when uh, all those kids got stuck in a mine and Elon Musk was interfering and things like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but what it was was that Stretch was there. He was one of the guys who was just yeah. there. And so what he did was he, like, grabbed onto a stalagmite, or tight, whichever one it comes up from the floor. Yeah. Might. And then with his other arm, climbed his way up to the surface, leaving this line of arm for the kids to, like, <laughs> climb up like a rope. And yeah. so that's, that's the point at which the world learned of him. He, he saved all those kids. So now he's mm. famous, and people keep wanting him to do stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get on with my life. Flipping heck. And that's why he's always in his pants as well, because he's like, because uh, he's, because he, because he had to strip down to get to swim, swim underneath the yeah. uh, the cave. He has to do the uh, the the what's it called the caving or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He just left. He just left because the whole body, apart from the head, I think, is stretchy. So it was like, mm. so it's like he. Well, um, we can decide that. He keeps yeah. his head above water while the, his entire rest of his body snakes its way yeah. um, into the in, uh, through the through the cave system. Yeah, but I think I think we start this film off with with that like as a prelude, and then we sort of cut to a weird Zack Snyder esque montage to music uh, mm-hmm. of him just doing talk shows, of him yeah. saving that bus, of, yeah. of literally we cut Mickey Rourke's face onto Tobey Maguire's Spider Man face as he does the train bit. In yeah. Spider-Man Two, that's, but with, with arms in instead yeah. of webs, um, yeah. and also I think just to add an element of drama to it, it hurts him. Stretching yeah. hurts. Yeah, he's got incredible yeah. stretch marks. Like, yeah, that, no, that exactly. He can do it, and we yeah. can't. He can, but it hurts the same as if we did it. It's just that he recovers, so it's he's his like legs doesn't. As well. Yeah, so he doesn't like to do it ever, but he has to sometimes, and he'll do it because he's all. Ultimately, he's a good man. So if there is a situation like that cave, he will do it. But people are always expecting him to do it, and they don't understand that he won't. He doesn't want to, and then they think he's being a bad guy when he won't do it on demand for entertainment. They think he's like, oh, he just wanted attention, saving those kids. Then, and yeah. that's why yeah. he's like washed up with a chip on his shoulder. He's angry at the world. Yeah. yeah. So you've got Mickey Rourke like uh, looking back at that moment, that moment when he uh, like had. 
the the keys from to the city stripped from him because at one point like the mayor had him up in the middle of a of a town meeting and he was just there because he wanted to contribute to society by saying you know actually i think the bins should be collected on wednesdays um uh, uh, but you know the the mayor has him come up and says you know ah oh, time for oh i bet you can just stretch and uh, get uh, get the city to to new heights can't you can't you stretch and he's like no no, I can't. I'm not going to aid your political nonsense, Mayor. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and and you know, like he he sort of like gets brought down in the tabloids for having that outburst. I'm, you know, I'm he sort gonna, of. I'm not going to aid your political nonsense, Mayor. That's what, what he says in that in that Mickey Rourke voice. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, people want more from him than he's willing to give, and so he falls from that grace quite quickly. Because mm. uh, he doesn't know, he doesn't know how to play to the media machine. He doesn't know how to, uh, how he doesn't want to a, a, any of this. So, so he's out of the limelight. Yeah, and that's sort of setting up his character. He's he's walked away from fame because yeah. it's it's he doesn't know how to do it. He he doesn't want any of it. He just wants to live his life. And even that's hard because he's he's got this stretchy arm. So like, like I say, he gets <laughs> caught indoors. Like uh, supermarkets are a nightmare. And I think so. I think so. Here's my thought for the rest of this movie. He gets recognized by like an ad company. He's 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 poor now, right? He's hmm. he's dirt poor now. Mm-hmm. He gets recognized by an ad company who are like, hey, we'd just like you to, you know, he's he's living with his parents. Uh, Neil and uh, Lance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this old man is living with his very, very old parents yeah. now, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a professional, an, a, a disgraced professional cycl- cyclist and a... Uh, disgraced <laughs> professional astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know you're gonna say. I was like, what's, what's Neil done? I, I love I love the idea of of them testing Neil Armstrong for steroids when he got back from the moon and they were just like, You go up there on steroids. But what he brought back was an alien symbiote that made his son stretchy. <laughs> so I think this company's trying to mon- is gonna try and monetize stretch again, right? Yeah. And he can't afford not to. His dad's yeah. His dad's got hospital bills. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's there's nothing else he can do. And I think the the point here will be that he in in one last sort of act of defiance, his arms are going to break. Oh. Like like in one big publicity stunt, in the middle of one big publicity stunt, he will have his arms snapped off. Oh. And he will be happier for it. Oh my god! <laughs> like the movie is going to end with him, sort of on a desert island with the payout from this company for having snapped his arms off. But yeah. nobody looks at him like Stretch Armstrong anymore. Nobody yeah. looks at him like a like a like they're expecting something of him anymore. <laughs> He's happy because he no longer has the curse of these stretchy arms. Yep, that's a gr- that is a grim image. Like, there's gonna are we yeah. gonna have a moment where they snap off and all the goo comes out? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> they, coating the faces. They of the burst goo. like and balloons. 
And the, uh, what is it? The Thanksgiving parade. Like he's like he's being suspended from a balloon on the on the Thanksgiving like the Macy's Thanksgiving no, parade. He is the balloon. They've just yes. like they've just stretched out his arms to a balloon shape. Yeah. <laughs> They've blown it. They've put a little. They've blown up, and he's so stretchy that he's like inflated. So he's bobbing around like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Bang! And then it, and, and the goo like rains down on everyone in the parade. This is oh. this is gonna have a similar tone to Okia. Yeah. Um, the, 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 well, the, I haven't the seen that it's a it's a dark movie that has a really sort of grim sense of humor um, that I think this movie needs. The is that right? Are, that bumps yeah. it up my list then, because I thought it was just going to be like quite sweet. No, 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 it's... no it is. It is no. If you wanna, if you're feeling like, oh, I need a really sweet movie, don't watch that movie. No, okay. Hard hitting. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the, um, the ballad of the ballad of Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, I, I like. I feel like I maybe ended that a little prematurely, but like, uh, I think it works. Uh, that's that's where I see the ending going. You know that that massive mm. stunt where he's just angry at the world and he's been he's been betrayed because they said that he would just be on the float. You know, mm. they 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 had him sign this contract and they said, you know, you just got to wave to people and you'll be on the float. And and then they right before they start, they stick him in the back with a piece of uh, with with like a needle attached to a hose and just blow up his entire <laughs> like his entire oh, body. What? And then his arms all expand out <laughs> to these enormous. <laughs> There's this giant float of old Mickey Rock. Yeah. So it's like floating above Chicago or like, New like York. At or first, you you think that what they've done is they've made a balloon of Stretch Armstrong to like balloon <laughs> over the parade, and then you find yeah. out it's him. Yeah, <laughs> but his head's the right size. Oh, like it's, yes. it's just blown up like a giant balloon with this tiny head. So we have we have the uh, the shot like. From far away, you can see the parade coming across. You know, you can, we, we have the shot from a building, right? From mm. a window of a building. And you can see people, like, waving towards the, the float. And there's someone who is dressed in Speedo stood on the float. And then we zoom in, and we realise it's not Mickey Rourke. It's not Stretch. It's, it, it's a young an equivalent to the, to the cyclical nature of fame mm. and always needing fresh meat. It's someone yeah. else doing the Stretch Armstrong character as we then pan up and just have Mickey Rourke's face, which is still normal size, but his arms and body yeah. are, are huge. But and he's just, going, look at this kid. Look this kid sat on their dad's shoulders or whatever. It's like, look at that balloon, daddy. And then, <laughs> then Mickey Rourke, his head moves towards the kid. He goes, I ain't no balloon, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> no and what it is kid. is that his head is the normal size, but they've inflated part of him and painted his face on that part. So it's like, <laughs> it looks like a full balloon of him, but then you pan down and there's this little face coming out of it. It's like, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> because remember, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think, no pain, no and I gain think, though, eh? Yeah, and I think <laughs> what he does is he uses the last of his like stretchy energy to reach out for something sharp. Oh, like he sees something coming the other way that you know he can just about reach mm. yeah. and just stretches out for it, and uh, you just hear this <laughs> bang. You don't see it. 
We see the kids' faces in the crowd covered in goo. Mm. Covered um, in goo <laughs> while he goes... Well, we don't see that. We just see... Okay, here's what we see. This is the shot. Kids' faces. Half The, the lower half of the frame is kids' faces that get covered in goo. The upper half is shop windows, which are semi-reflective, and therefore we can just see the shape going... That's how he gets to his desert island. That's how... <laughs> it's implied. It's, it's not shown. It's just implied that he well, flew there by all the built-up energy and inside his inflated body. Like you a can balloon. either re- read it as he got a big payout from from suing them, or he just flew there, and both are correct. <laughs> both are correct. Yeah, and I think he should wait until he's over whoever the villain of the film is, particularly the one who made it so that he was this balloon. He waits yep. until he's over that guy, and that guy is doing a speech because, like, hi, I arranged this, and then he—that's when he bursts himself. That's when the big moment is. Yeah. And get, that yeah. guy gets covered in the stuff. Yes, <laughs> he uh, just gets who, covered in goo. That's yeah. who that's, would be the bad that's guy. That's all the comeuppance he gets. Yeah, that's all you need in a film like this. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, Keith Allen's kid. I don't know. Um, Game of Thrones. Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen, yeah, he's a he's a sort of ad executive that would yeah. exploit. You know, he's the baddie in in oh, John Wick. Yeah, he's the baddie guy. in Game of Thrones. He's he's yeah. all all over the place. You know, um, I'm surprised you just he, didn't go for Keith Allen. To be fair, but well, too, I, I think Keith Allen's too old. I think we yeah, want to sort of like got to be the younger. You know, in fact, why don't we cast both of them as a father son duo? Yeah. Keith Allen's the one who exploited. Rick Mickey Rourke in the past yeah. and, 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 and Alfie <laughs> Allen is the one who's doing it now and we only find that out later as Rourke Exploiters that's their surname Rourke Exploiter Rourke Exploiters Co yeah <laughs> or Armstrong Exploiters whatever yeah yeah they also put they also put Lance and Neil up to the drug thing yeah <laughs> they, they <laughs> Neil Neil had a birth-given talent of getting to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, yeah, we need to get it. We need to get him up there and make some moolah out of it. And they start started advertising the idea of a space race. Yeah. <laughs> just just to cover up the Wow, the these money. guys really like arranged a lot of civilization, didn't they? <laughs> just in in just part of their wicked schemes. <laughs> one small step for a man, one giant leap for rock exploitation co. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. That's that's the ballad of the ballad of Stretch Armstrong. A sad yeah. tale. Uh, <laughs> a sad. But there's a there's a small pyrrhic victory mm. in the end. I think. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a victory. It's a pyrrhic victory, but it's a victory nonetheless. And you get a little bit of vindictive sort of like uh, pleasure knowing that. The Allens company has has gone under and they've gone to jail or whatever yeah. for for well, they, man's they just got covered, covered in goo. goo. That's enough. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I forgot the the universal symbol for you got your comeuppance <laughs> to fall in poo or get covered in goo. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you did, well, uh, there's loads of things you can do. You're about to list them, but stick around because you're going to want to. Uh, even if even if you're not interested in the things that we want you to do, um, <laughs> which I, I I hope you will be because you know we we we've just done a big podcast for you. Um, but yeah. also, there's the Yes Very Clever Award coming up at the end of this, so you got to find out if if you've won that or if, yeah. who's won that because they're usually pretty funny. So anyway, mm. Dave, hello, firstly, thank you for coming back on the show. 
That's all right. I'm always coming back on the show. Yeah, we like it when it's you do. It's norm- good. It's completely normal to me. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It is quite normal, but you you know you're good at it. So anyway, how if people were to wonder mm. in in some way what it is Dave's up to right now? What Dave wants us what yeah. wants us to think about right now? Who what, is, what is that, it? and why does he keep showing up on things? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got uh, two podcasts um, that, you know, you'd probably quite enjoy if you enjoy this one. Uh, one of them, Sonic the Comic, the podcast in which me and my friend Chris McFeely from off of Transformers The Basics have dug out our old Sonic comics that used to... But not the ones, not the ones you might have heard of from America. No, the ones that used to come out here where it was different and better. Those, we've dug them out and we're making what is fast becoming, and I th- I'm fairly comfortable saying has now become the definitive, maybe? Uh chronicle of what was in that series and uh because you see as well as there's been wikis and so on before and you could even read them all online with scans and that but this is the first one where it's quite funny and there's jokes and stuff and guests and things so yeah sonic the comic the podcast it's also about what it was like to live in the 90s our latest episode um was more about Rosie and Jim and Tots TV than it was about Sonic the Hedgehog. Context. Context is the other thing you add. I think is yeah. the important thing. Like, mm, yeah. you can you can read Sonic the Comic Online and it'll be like, oh, here's a Sonic thing. Yeah. But context you won't is, understand is the thing it. that makes that live and breathe. Exactly. So yeah, go, go and listen to Sonic the Comic, the podcast. Also, I've got another one, Serious Disney, Jahan Ranasing, who's been on this podcast and, hey, we'll hopefully be on it again soon, joins me to talk about Disney things, usually those remakes they keep making that nobody wants but everybody watches and nobody knows why. We've done a series where we're looking through all of those. Um, It's been a bit sporadic uh, while we've been unable to record together, but that just means we've talked about other things. So yeah, I think you'll enjoy that as well. That's quite funny too. And uh, we have a a bit of a magnum opus that was released at Christmas, which is our two-part Beauty and the Beast special about the remake of that. One of the worst films. So yeah, you can go and listen to that and uh, that is called Serious Disney. Go and find it. I'm at Demon Tomato Dave on Twitter and YouTube, and you can find me there as well. Yes, go and do all those things. And uh, yeah, well, thank you again for coming on. And yes, we will hopefully be having you, both you and Johan on the show very soon. Um, so uh, in 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 our case, the things you can do is just spread the word about the podcast. We don't have a marketing arm or a network or any any of that stuff. And, and as such. Um, we need your help, um, and, and, the, and the best help you can give us, genuinely, is to tell your friends about the podcast, um, because word of mouth is so much more effective than us getting a, a, an advert in something. That or- does remind me, this episode is brought to us by... Meepantis. Meepantis, yeah. <laughs> Meepantis. Yeah. You can go to uh, meepantis.com forward slash get them on your bum forward slash pitch forward slash the crystal fortress to uh, find the right door to the to the fortress of power. So do that. Tell your friends. Uh, and of course, also go over to patreon.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast. Yes, it's the best part of the, uh, of the podcast where we uh, or I read out the names of our, our uh, amazing, <laughs> amazing patrons. Um, so uh, I'm going to say a, a great big thank you. Uh, to all these people um, who provide us with a little bit of money each month um, over at patreon.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast. Go over there, check it out. Even if you're, you're you know, not intent to to, um, to spend anything or give us any money, um, just check the thing out and uh, have a little have a little look around because we would love to have you. Anyway, do, so do it now if you want. Yeah, while I'm while I'm reading these out, go and check out the page. You've got yeah. a, you've got a minute, uh, Mike. John did it last time. I mean, you, uh, Mike, you're driving. I appreciate that. So uh, pull over. 
And uh, just on your phone, just have a little look at the patreon.com forward slash life to pitch podcast. I really appreciate it. John, Mike's, John Mike's on his way he... to Games Workshop to buy some orcs. Yeah. Does yeah. not like does not like Eldar. Anyway, no. so we've got Brandon Spanky Mills, Ross Originals and his four hundred teenage dragons, McSbisk. It seems that we're able to follow the team's actions in the past through what boffins are calling podcast echoes. Jeremy Elkayam, Stephen D. Thomas, Eldar Death Squad, when you absolutely positively got to kill every mother hubbard in the room, except no substitutions. Fingers to hand. Trime, prime, strime. The tri- timeulator seems to have sent the name jumbling haywire. Everything's turning into time. James Delaney. Brames D. Time Kyam. The tusk hip boom. Why don't we just leave it alone? Brent Black. Honestly, the discography of just a ghostly voice saying 400 over and over it again is a bop. Things are getting bad. Almost all things have pulled. We might need to call on somebody else. Frankly, this name thing is getting silly. We need more normal names like Joseph Hegarty. Stay down, Pentavis Jr. Episode 400 isn't ready yet. Knew before he had been in Brighton three hours that they meant to murder him. He doesn't know about Christian dubstep. We almost have a complete Bisque Vengers team, but assembling it took so many weeks that we've forgotten our mission statement. Alex NSFW. Bit of a good news, bad news situation. Harvesting Carl's bone marrow didn't help us solve injumbulation, but it is lovely on a thick slice of brie. I had to make a second Patreon account just to participate in this stupid ARG. By Felix, you've done it, Davey. Now we're logged on to the, pa- the podcast mainframe. We can send warnings to the pre-400 era. Matt the Penfist, Bisque Pope. Uh, Matt... I just got, I got us on SoundCloud, but at this point in time, Spotify hasn't become mainstream as a platform for podcasts. I do have a pretty good feeling about iTunes, though. Captain Eden, the queer buccaneer. Something, something, time, bisque, Eldar, murder troop. Tom, SoundCloud is never going to last. Get us on iTunes immediately. That platform is as immortal as Steve Jobs, who is currently alive in this time stream. So thank you to all those people on uh, on patreon.com forward slash life's a pitch podcast. You're keeping the podcast going and providing the best part of it. So thank you. <laughs> At this point, the podcast is mainly a platform to read that list out of. It's, it's like we had a Patreon list and we're like, how can we think of an excuse to read that out to people (laughs) (laughs) we want to make a shorter podcast each week is it possible that we could just outsource the writing of the rest of it (laughs) (laughs) so we end the show as we always do with the yes very clever award which as matt said earlier is the award we give out someone who's given us a title based around the existing title just had a bit of fun with it so the award winner this week is jeff beard who's given us apocalypse now Nice. That was good. That was very clever. That was so good, I almost put it in the main thing. I was like, oh, no, wait. That's a yes, very clever, isn't it? (laughs) That's based around a film. Oh, you're sneaky. Um, Well, until until the the apocalypse comes upon us, I've been Matt Turner. I've been Tom McGrath. And I've been Dave Bulmer. And I've been remembering who pitched it. Yeah!